Amen. Father, we bow before you again this morning. This is humble as we know how. Lord, thank, thank you, you for another opportunity, God, to gather together here in your house, God, and just to be amongst you people, yes, Father. There's nowhere else that we'd rather be, God. I pray, Lord, this morning that your will and your way would be done here, God, that everything that's done, God, would be in your will, God, that we could feel your touch, God. Yes, that's Jesus. why we've gathered here this morning, God, is to, to worship you and to praise yes, you, Jesus. God, but we desire to feel a touch from on high. God, we thank you, Lord, for sending your son to live the life that we couldn't live and pay the debt that we owed and couldn't afford to pay. Father, I pray, God, if there's one here this morning that's lost, God, that's never been born again, Lord, that's never called on the name of Jesus, yes, God, Jesus. asking for salvation, God, I pray that you do with their heart, God, show them that they're lost, God, and draw yes, them to an old-fashioned altar so that they might be born again, Father, and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they're on their way to yes, heaven, God, I pray if there's some backslid, God, that's walking afar off, God, not where they need to be, Lord, I pray that you draw them back to you this morning, Lord. Lord, we love you and thank you, God, for how you love us, God, yes, how you Jesus. take care of us. God, everywhere we look, God, if we're looking for you, God, we'll find you. Lord, you've touched in our lives time and time again, Lord. I pray this morning, God, as Papa preaches, God, I pray that you'd anoint him, God, to help him preach, God, just exactly what we're standing in need of, Lord. Your will be done. We love you and thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank God for the word. 1 Corinthians 16. First Corinthians 16. Close that door, keep a draft out. Amen. But you sung the song there, the church just sung the song because he lives. Sung it out in the cemetery this morning. And that's the message God's laid on my heart today. Because he lives, I have an open door. I have an open door. Just pray for us. And you that don't know me, I've, my voice ain't what it used to be. But praise God, it ain't gone. I can still, I can still talk. I hope you can hear me. I had some people tell me this week. And they'd listen on the radio, and he was raspy, but they could understand all of it. So I praise God. I praise God for that. Amen. God's been good to us. <coughs> Again, it's good to have our visitors. And roughly, roughly I counted in the nineties and I lost count. I ain't much for good counting people moving. But we had a great number, a great, great message uh, from Brother Donnie this morning, I believe straight from God. What the resurrection means. I mentioned it out back and I'm gonna read it here. And Oki Gallion wrote this. Oki I believe Oki got saved in 74. I did his funeral a couple of years ago and helped in it. But this was written in 1976, and I'd mentioned it, and uh, Janet's sister found it in Romy's Bible that Oki had wrote to him. He said in the year of 1976, there were 17 weeks those that were baptized at the Ornfield Creek right down behind we just go right down by Teresa's house the old baptizing hole down there in, in the creek in Ramey Creek from several different churches and Okigayan signed it and Judy just sent it to me she found it in the Bible and I couldn't even remember 
the dates, but I praise God that God allowed us to be uh, the best I remember to be there 17 weeks in the creek. Amen. And sometimes we were helping. Sometimes we went for other churches, but we were fellowshipping. Amen. And I thought when she sent that this week, that's just another uh, uh, assurance that this is the right message. Amen. First Corinthians 16. 89, 7, 8, 9. For I will not see you now, by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you if the Lord permit. He was wanting to come. Paul wanted to come to Corinth. But he said, I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost for a great door and effectual is open unto me and there are many adversaries. Paul said there is a great door of effectual or effect. And when God opens a door, there is an effect on the people. And there's an effect on your life. And I thought about these that, that Butch and Emmy go to the jail. And T.J. and Emmy gets to go to different churches. And I thought there's a great effect when God opens a door and then there are many adversaries and I find along the way that it's awful easy to let the adversary get in the way and we won't preach the whole word of God we won't bring the whole word of God because we don't want to offend or to hurt or to tear down anybody but we need to stay in the word of God we need to stay where God wants us to stay I've got it over here in Philippians that I, I I've jotted down in the third chapter of Philippians that I I want to read to you Philippians 3 17 through 20 Philippians 3 17 through 20 and he said, Brethren, oh, I could preach this whole chapter, but let's go to th three verses. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have us for an example. For many walk, of whom I have told you often, and now tell you, even weeping. Paul said, I'm crying, even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. And we think there's no enemies of the cross of Christ. But a person that's been saved and backed up on God is an enemy of the cross. Can I tell you something, honey? An enemy of the cross will do everything they can to stop your testimony. Amen. They don't want to hear of the truth. And I thought, as there's many writings today and changing of the Word of God and change to what they call another version or another Bible. And I thought it's for the simple reason. They don't want the truth. They want to fix it to suit yourself. Their own religion, only the true word of God will cut. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. And when we get cut, we'll either mend it at the altar or we'll go back into the world and let it get infected and come against the church of God, the word of God. He said, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame. 
who mined earthly things. And today we find, I thought about the abortion law and how there's already a stink and a, and a fight against it, how people will stand up and fight to kill little babies and try to knock down a man that stands and says sin is sin. I thought about as we preach against adultery and they'll fight against the word of God and then they'll stand up and take part of adultery. I thought about it's a crying shame that we as people that call ourselves Christians and when a man and a woman separates and then they get in an affair with another man or a woman. Amen. And the people send out congratulations. I'm going to tell you how we need to come back to the Word of God. We need to come back to the old-fashioned uh, Word of God that will set you free. And glory to God, because He lives, uh, I'm beginning to feel uh, the Spirit of God. Uh, because He lives in our hearts, uh, He opens another door for us. And God gives us uh, the boldness uh, to step through another door and proclaim the real Word of God, the true Word of Jesus Christ, to come against those that come against uh, the Church of Christ and the Word of God, those that come against God. I thought about America as a whole. Neighbor, it's a shame that we can let in America a nation established on the Word and the name of Almighty God, and yet we let them set up a must and whatever they call them. Amen. And let the Muslims come in that don't believe in Jesus and give them a place in our country, a freedom in our country to worship their God, which ain't our God, because they don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So they're worshiping a false God, yet we let it set up and then try to come against the church of the living God. That's why we're in trouble today. That's why your gas prices is the price they are. That's why eggs are $2 a dozen or whatever they are. Amen. Jenny told me, I said, you can buy, buy a suit for $100. She said, don't kid yourself. You ain't bought a suit lately. Amen. So I understand that. But I want to tell you something. We've got a God. If you'll ask, he'll take care of you. Jamie, read what that says on that pencil. Put your glasses on, boy. Amen. She took my pen, and she didn't mean to, I know. She bought it back, and I wouldn't take it. She's left-handed. It's ruined my pen. <laughs> It'll only write over here. You'll come boot you in with Wednesday night with two pens and hand me. Now I got a whole box of personalized pens. Property of Bill J. Spurling. Y'all can have them after I die, can I? I don't believe I can use a whole box of pens. He said possession is nine-tenths of the law. So if anybody gets my pen, you keep it, I guess. Possession, nine-tenths of the law. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You know, we've had fun. We've had fun serving the Lord. I'm going to go in to the Old Testament here uh, just for a few minutes and uh, just help us say, God, God will help us not to take too long. But this uh, seemingly just, uh, just keeps bouncing on my heart. I thought about I run in sin for 
for 26 years and started drinking. I started stealing and draining beer from five or six cans and pour it into one to get a drink of beer when I was five or six years old. And by the time I was 12 and 13, I was sitting in the bar rooms in the back stools and the older boys bringing me beer. And I was getting bootleg liquor and I was stealing homebrew out of Grandpa's smokehouse. Amen. So we hit it down a road of sin. But glory to God, I thought about and the reason I shut that door, there's a big old world out there and only God could open the door. Only God could open the door. And because of an open door, I can go out into the big old world and testify of the saving grace of God. Up till I was 26 years old, all I could testify of was sex and alcohol and dance halls and beer joints and fights and halo. Thanks to the world. But God opened the door that I could go out and testify of the darling Son of God. How great God is in our life. How powerful God is in our life. And I got the opportunity when the door was open to say I opened my door of my heart. And Jesus come in. And Jesus abides in my heart. Well, glory, glory, glory. Church, if I could holler, I'd holler. I'm going to tell you something. 55 years ago on Easter Sunday, I went down into the little river and was baptized. Glory to God with water. But before that, can I tell you something? I was baptized with the power and the Holy Ghost of God. One come after John. That baptized with fire. Amen. That trained up my soul. Amen. And opened the door. And he said, Bill, Brother Bill, you have been testifying of everything else. Now testify of the goodness of Almighty God. I put your family back together. I've given you food to eat. I put a roof over your head. Testify of the saving grace of God. Hallelujah. 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 Exodus. Can you find Exodus 12? Exodus 12. And the fifth verse. He said, Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it up, take care of it, amen, and kill it. We're going to jump, jump down to 20. And Moses called for the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take your lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. 22nd verse of the 12th chapter of Exodus. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop, which is like a piece of sponge, and dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel. The lintel is over the door. Amen. Strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door. I'm preaching on the door. He said, none of you can go out of the door of the house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through and smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the side post, the, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer I like this. And will not suffer the destroyer to come into your house to smite you. I thought, glory to God, as I read that, and that's uh, that we do the Passover here. 
But I thought about uh, the destroyer, and they can, and God gave them some uh, uh, directions, and He told Moses how to tell them what to do, and they uh, they went and they had to stay in their house. If you don't stay in the house of God, if you don't stay in the will of God, honey. God's not responsible for what happens to you. But if you obey and you stay in the will and the house of God, God's made us a promise. He said, I will pass over. And he said, I will. Ooh, glory to God. He said, I will not let the destroyer come into your house. I know some of us will think we've had divorces, we've had sickness, and I know uh, Brother Andy is beginning to think uh, both of his arteries here are partially stopped up and some problems passing out. And I bet once in a while he wonders, well, God, are you going to let the destroyer take me? I thought when cancer hit my throat, I thought, are you going to let the destroyer take me? No, God said, I'll pass over you. He said, I won't let the destroyer tear you down. Henry, you'd have been dead long before cancer, but God had his hand on you. The destroyer come. God saw the blood of Jesus Christ. I believe you told me, 2010, you got everything right with God. And God didn't allow the death, the victory of death to destroy you. He pushed it back. He kept care of I'm glad, glory to God, when Christ sees the blood over the door of our heart. Honey, you may think that he's left you. You may think you're having hardships, but I'm going to tell you something. God has got his hand on you. If you're a child of God, God may be using you for his glory. God may be using you with a little pain or a little sickness or a little trouble, but you are an example for the glory of God. If you got trouble and still praise it, God, God has got his hand on you. I'm glad today, 55 years ago, the first day of April, God put my family back together. We've had troubles. We've had things I didn't understand. She, I told her this week, I said, woman, you're getting on my everlasting nerve. Uh, you're getting on my, my nerve. Leave my medicine alone. Let me fix my medicine like I want it. So we get on each other's nerves. But can I tell you what fixes it? The blood has been applied. What's kept it together? Y'all probably had a word or two this week. You ain't quarrel with your old man, have you, Vivian? You ain't quarrel with yours. That's great. Vivian ain't quarrel with hers. Amen. That's good. She quarreled Shannon, I bet. You know, these things happen. And we have divisions in our churches, but we need to pull it back together. God wants us to come as one. I got several verses I need to read. Just pray for us here that God would use us in a way that's pleasing unto him. Amen. Turn over to Numbers. I've tried to mark it so I won't take forever. I can't, I can't write it down. I can't type. Numbers 12 and 5. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door. Hey, y'all hear who this is? The Lord came down, Numbers 12 and 5, in the pillar of a cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle. And he called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. He wasn't in a physical, manly state, but he was in a cloud, and it was the Lord, and they understood the voice, and the Lord said, Aaron and Miriam, come down, 
here they come. He said, I've hurt you. You've been talking about Moses. Wasn't Aaron and Miriam just like Baptists? Hello? They jumped up and they said, look what we're doing. Are you only speaking to Moses? Are you only speaking to Moses? Do we have to listen to this man Moses at everything we do? Surely y'all don't have to listen to Bill Sperling to know to come to church. They had probably read the word, but Moses had to job them a little bit because it was God's calling. God's calling. I need to read or I smart this, I'll be it. Third verse, and he said, And the man Moses was very big above all the men which were among the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and to Aaron and to Miriam, Come out, ye three, unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they, they three came out. They were separated. And the Lord came down in the pillar of a cloud and the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forth. And he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. He said, My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all my house. With him I will speak mouth to mouth. He said to others, I'll speak in a vision or a dream. But he said to my, my Moses, I'll speak mouth to mouth, even apparently in, no, in dark speech, and the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Why are we not afraid to speak against God's people? God's servant. I ain't talking about me, the preacher. I'm talking about Jamie. I'm talking about Lamont. I'm talking about Butch. I'm talking about I'm talking about Henry. Why are we not afraid to speak? What if the Lord stepped in the door? I'm preaching on the door. The door's been opened. What if the Lord stepped in the door in a pillar of a cloud? And he said, Jeffrey. And Larry. And Leonard. He called them three. He said, you three come into the congregation of the tabernacle. I need to talk to you. He wanted Moses to hear because he called Moses. And he said to Aaron and Miriam, why are you talking about my servant Moses. He said, I spoke to him mouth to mouth. Any other prophets, he said, I'll speak to them by visions or dreams. And he went out. And Miriam became leprous. How about today in 115 people? I don't know. How many is here? But if we had talked about a child of God this week and God called us out and we became leprous and we broke out in sin all over and whelps and our skin infected. Could anybody tell here, and you turned real white, could anybody tell that you'd sinned? I'm going to tell you, God called Miriam out. said, don't talk about my servant Moses. And I'd have to read it. And I forgot the days, but with leprosy, you couldn't be around people.
She couldn't come back to the altar and repent. She had to repent where she was at. You know, we need to repent. If we need to be in the altar today, because I'm going to tell you, be sure your sins will find you out. Be sure we will. it'll be pointed out. It may not be in leprosy, and it may not be breaking out in, in sores, or it may not be till everybody can see it at one time. But neighbor, be sure our sins will find us out. Deuteronomy 11. Deuteronomy 11. 18 and 20. 18 through 20. I therefore shall lay you up these my words in your heart. Therefore shall you lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be as frontless between your eyes. And you shall teach them your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in the house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. So it pretty much covers wherever we're at. In thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. And thou shalt write them upon the doorpost of thy house and upon the gates. And I thought today, We need, beside of our door, something that will show people when the devil passes by that the blood's applied. He told them, write these good things down. He said, teach them to your children. Ray, I read the word. He told us to not never shut up. When you lay down, when you rise up, when you eat, when you go in the house, and when you come out. Keep your testimony on your mind. I found out if I've got a verse of Scripture on my mind, God's dealing with my heart. I ain't near as apt to get aggravated. I ain't near as apt to fall by the wayside. You know, if it would do me good, I thought sometimes I've never wore a cross around my neck, but sometimes it's good for me to see a cross on somebody's neck. And it shows me, it reminds me. I've got a vivid, vivid picture in my mind since the passion of Christ, the blood, the agony, the shame that I never had before I saw the vision of the vision of Christ. Before I saw that movie, I, I never seen the, the compassion that Christ had and the pain and the agony that he went through. It changed my heart. So to look at a cross sometimes around somebody's neck or a sign on a car or a church sign, sometimes it puts my heart to thinking. That's what it's all about. We've got up too many bright lights. The bright lights of Sodom and Gomorrah took Lot down the road took Lot down the road. Only God could open a door for Lot and let him out. Can I tell you, the gays were coming in on Lot on every stage. They broke into his house. They pushed by Lot, and they said, where's the men that come into your house? Where is, where is these men? And I thought the Bible says very little about Lot's sons. But when the angels come in, they ask, is anybody here besides your sons and your daughters and your sons-in-laws and your wife? He asked that question. And I don't find where his son-in-laws left, and I don't find where his sons left. So my thought, they burn up, and their smoke is forever and ever. And the Bible said, Lot was a righteous man. 
God delivered just Lot. And I read this morning with all of that burning, all of that on fire, and all of that smoke, by serving God, Lot came out and the sun was rising. The sun was rising on the earth when Lot come into Zion where the Lord delivered him. I'm glad for an open door, church. We was headed to a devil's hell, and the Lord opened the door that we could come in. The Lord opened the door, except he deal with your heart. You can't open the door. So God has got to open that door first. I won't read no more there, but glory to God. It's good, church, to get into the Word of God. Over in Acts. Acts 14. Acts 14 and 27. And when they were come and had gathered in the church together, they rehearsed. You know what we do when we come together for a testimony? You know what we do? We rehearse what God has done for us. We rehearse his saving grace, his healing power, his keeping power, where we've met with him, when he showed up, and it looks like we're all alone. That's all we're doing is rehearsing all that God had done with them. And he had, he had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. Neighbors, as Gentiles, until God opened the door of faith, we were dogs. Hey, we ought to be praising. We ought to be praising God for what God has done for us. I thought I watched a little, little sketch on Israel and how Lebanon had, had shot some rockets in. And I know I was there in 95 and saw some buildings that uh, scud missiles had come through in Israel and blowed the whole sides out of them. And I thought how Israel right now are having to fight back. And, and I remember we rode a bus down into Gaza and there was a great, great gates and, and uh, uh, armed, armed guards standing through and just like crossing in to a foreign country and he joins right in with Israel. And I thought they're fighting. And I believe the last I've seen a couple of Israeli ladies have been killed. But I thought, that's God's chosen people. Why is this thing happening in God's chosen land? Why is this right here at Easter? I mean, the time that we celebrate, why is this? And there's people, visitors that love to go on Easter and, and, and the Christmas, and at times are special occasions for Jesus. You know where they told me, this is uh, 95 but they told me 85 or 90 percent of the income of Israel was from tourists. So do we see where the adversary? Paul said, "There's a great day door of effectual open to me." But he gave them warning. But he said, "There's many adversaries." And I thought Gaza, even in the West Bank are fighting and coming against Israel, wanting to close out the testimony of God, close out the income of the people. There's a lot of poverty, lots of poverty in Israel. If they can stop the American money flow and the European money flow and the, the money flow from Spain and Romania and some of these other countries, if they can stop the money flow, they can shut Israel down. But God's going to take care of them. 
they got to read what the scripture said and make sure the blood is applied to their heart that the destroyer will have to pass over. He come in to kill us. Thief come not but to kill, steal, and to destroy. Honey, glory to God. The only way the destroyer can be whipped is God. Is God. There's no medicine can take care of my cancer. There's no medicine that can take care of, of the shots and of the problems that we've got. Only God can. The medicine can work and help with it. But God's approval, God's approval. Let's go on with the scripture. I know it's Easter and we got to hurry. You know, some of the hardest times, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 2. Some of the hardest times to preach and to go on with the service, amen, is through the holidays. We don't realize it. I don't realize it, but I got up at a different time. I fixed my face at a different time. I left home at a different time. I come to an outside service that I ain't been in since last year. Stood in a haze almost dark, different. And usually about the time us not working people, us non-working people, are trying to get up and drink our coffee, then we were headed up to fellowship all day. So everything in our little routine has been touched today. And here, instead of 10 o'clock Sunday school, 11 o'clock preaching, lo and behold, it's in here at 9 o'clock trying to get started. And as far as our body goes, we ain't going to have nothing natural all day long because we done messed it up this morning. Amen. That's just how we are. We're routine people. Routine people. I'm used to, (laughs) him is too. We're used to sitting by the heat, and it feels so good when we walk back in here this morning. Empty church, but it's warm. It's warm. We're spoiled. We're spoiled. So it's hard. It's hard. So Adam, I'd like for your routine, if you ain't never been to the altar, I'd like for today to be the day that you just really get out of routine and come to the altar and give it to the Lord. Make up our mind that we're going to open our door. Amen. I don't like much more. Please just stay with me. we got four more chapters. Second chapter of Second Corinthians. I read one verse here. Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened unto me of the Lord. I've told our young preachers, and, and not to discourage them, but to keep their eyes open. When the Lord open the door for you, it'll be of great effect. But when man opens the door, and the man's dead now. I'd, I knew his wife well in a church in Galax, and he called me, and he said, hey, well, I want you to pastor our church. He said, the, the Lord's laid you on my heart. I said, man, I ain't no preacher. And he got aggravated at me. He said, I've heard you preach. I know you can preach. I said, what I'm talking about I'm not, I'm not ordained. I'm not going out to preach. I'm not going to pastor a church. And he got mad at me. He's dead now. But I said, I can't go. So what I'm talking to you about is God didn't open that door for me. God opened the door at Mount Vernon for me. And I know that. And that's the only reason. That's the only reason 
I'm still here after 30 years. Actually, after 48 or 9 years. Because God opened the door. God showed me a Israel plaque, and it was in the back the other day. I seen it. A gold plaque that Bob Adams bought back from Israel. God showed me that plaque in a vision and showed me where to join the church. I praise his holy name for it. I was hard-headed. I'm still a little bit hard-headed. God softened it, but I'm going to tell you, honey, if God don't open the door, you're wasting your time there. I don't care how big the church or how little the church. We need to wait on God to open the door. And he said, furthermore, when I come to Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened unto me of the Lord. Mm, glory to God. And he said there, and I won't read the rest of it, but he said I had no rest in my spirit. He was, he was troubled about many things. Why? Because the door of effectual was open, but there were many adversaries. I'm preaching on because he lives. There's been many doors opened. I would have no idea, no idea. I'd have to sit down and count how many countries I've been in, how many times I got to preach behind different pulpits, how many times I got to sit in different churches, how many homes I've got to go into. But how many, honey, that door, God has opened the door and you've got to speak in several jails and prisons and you got to speak to people you'll never, never see in church. But a door was opened. And I tell you, if you let him, he'll open the door for you. I'm not talking about you preaching. I'm talking about your testimony. Go with your smile, the love of God. I'm going to tell you, if you'll take the love of God to a man's house, he can't shake it off. He can't get rid, rid of it. I've told it probably a thousand times. Let's make it a thousand and one. But not all right. Fighting roosters, drinking moonshine. 26 years old. I was out in the field putting up roosters early in the morning. And the preacher come down to work on the church. He came up there and talked to me. I smelled like the rooster's the best thing to smell I had. The rest of it I stunk. Hadn't bathed, laid out all night. Don't remember, probably worked all day Friday. But he put his arm around my neck. He finally found out who I was. He put his arm around my neck. And he said, I love you. You know, I'd like for that to go home with you today. I love you. Lord, have mercy the shape I was in. Life falling apart. I tried to go to work Monday. And I had an old preacher hung around my neck. I love you. Everywhere I go, I had that weight on me. He said, I love you. I thought, how can he love this? Me and I thought, how in the world? I know you ain't no drunk, bless your heart. Glory to God. But I thought, now how can how can this man love this? When I didn't like myself. If I'd have liked myself, I would have sobered up. I'd act like a man. And I carried that old man Roger around my neck. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I carried that old man around my neck probably two or three weeks. I don't, I don't even know. And I drank liquor and I drank liquor. And I'd been drunk three days and nights. When I understood, <laughs> laying around that old commode, how he loved me. I really understood how he loved me. Hmm. Oh, glory to God. Do we love the drunk like we used to love the drunk? I forgot what I've read and what I ain't. He said, furthermore, when I came to trust, 
request to preach Christ's gospel. And a door was opened unto me of the Lord. I done read that, and that's good. We read it one time. I'm just about done. Y'all stick with me. I'll be honest with you. Or myself, I can't help it. I hope I don't bore you. I, I want to just go with it. Over in Colossians, the Lord said, the Lord said, uh, God would open to me a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ. That's Colossians 4 and 3. To speak the mystery of Christ. Paul's heart's desire. Utterance is just to be able to utter out or to have opportunity to talk to somebody. If you've never been saved, you need to try Jesus. The world will take you back. The world will stand there, I'm telling you, with open arms. Matter of fact, if you get saved, the world will come right up to you and invite you back in. Amen. I've been there. The world will invite you back in. So try Jesus. You ain't got nothing to lose. Try Jesus. On this Easter day, it'd be easy for you to remember. Next year, you'd say, one year ago, God saved my soul. I never dreamed when I was saying, one year ago, I was baptized on Easter Sunday. I never dreamed I'd be alive to say, I was baptized on Easter Sunday, 55 years ago. Oh, my Lord. Let's go to Revelation and I'll quit. I promise you I'll quit. Revelations 3. Three and eight. It's the Lord uh, speaking to the church of Philadelphia. I guess one of the better churches of the seven churches of Asia Minor. In the eighth verse of the third chapter of Revelations, and He said, "I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door." I want you to listen to that. This is our message, and I'm going to finish right here. I know thy works. Behold, the Lord said, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. No man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hath not denied my name. I'm going to read it again. I know thy works. The Lord knows our works. This is Jesus speaking. Behold, I have said before thee an open door. Who said before us an open door? The Lord said I've said before you an open door. It just come to me. I just thought about the ark and the door was open to the ark and Noah preached 120 years and the door was open and the people didn't come in finally he got his wife and three sons and their wives there ain't nobody back here to come in where they're at, they're still in the bed. They've got a hangover. They've got hurt in church. The door is open to the church. The door is open to redemption. The door is open to understanding the resurrection, the salvation of God. He's standing with outstretched arms, saying, will you come? Come just like you are. 
I promise you, I stunk when I got saved. I stunk when Preacher Price hugged my neck. I'm going to tell you what we've done. Brenda was kin to my first pastor's her uncle. You know what I've done? I joined right into that, that crew that started praying for Brenda and Andy. I know Brenda and Andy, but I hadn't prayed for them. But when I got saved, I could join in with a preacher and help open that door. Help keep that church door open. You know what keeps the church door open? Amen. It's you all. It's y'all praying. God, don't let Satan, don't let the adversary come into our church. Keep us alive. Keep us shouting. Keep us praising. God, help our divisions and our differences. Help us to keep eating from the King James Version of God's Holy Word. Brother testified to us this morning. I needed that structure. Enjoy what you're talking about. I needed that structure. There ain't a one of you here, including me, on top of the list that don't need the structure that we're getting here today. I needed the structure as Donnie preached his heart out, as we sang the song, Because He Lives. I thank for invitation we need to do because he lives. I'm going to read one more verse, and by the grace of God, you ain't got nothing else, have you? Because he lives, I'll be all right. Come on, dog. Come on. Come on, start. Because he lives. I'm going to read one more verse in the third chapter. Amen. It'll take me a minute. I'll find it. I know I got it. I know I've got it. Hang on. just We'll get it. This is the church of Laodicea. I'm looking in the second chapter, and I need to go to three. Amen. All my fault. It ain't God's. Amen. The 20th verse of the third chapter of Revelation. And I want us to get this, and I'll quit. Behold, Jesus said this, I stand at the door. And knock, if any man hear my voice, is God knocking on your door? Behold, I stand at the door. Because he lives, there's an open door. He said in 20, 3 and 20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, if any man hear my voice. And open the door. The Lord's standing, knocking on your heart's door. If any man open the door, I will come in to him and sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne when as I also overcame am sit down with the Father in the throne. What Jesus was saying, I also overcome. So we've got to overcome the flesh, open up the door, invite Jesus in, and he's knocking on our heart. Several, along with me, has felt Jesus. I've felt him since I've been saved. Knock on my heart's door to testify, to do something else. I felt him several times, the flutter of the sweet Holy Ghost of God inside of me. I felt it about two or three times this morning. Larry, I'd give anything if I could shout, but I'm wide open. This is loud, loud as I can get. Turn this thing up and let me holler. Woo-hee! Hallelujah! For the glory of God. God lit a fire inside my soul and saved my soul. But he would have never done it if I hadn't opened the door. He's standing at the door knocking. He's opened many doors. Many doors. I can't even I can't even imagine. 
I thought, I thought through the through the hospital, and I've I've aggravated people to death. I I met one lady that just takes phone calls and and makes appointments, and I went in and talked to her again. Just talked to her. She remembered me when I got there. Amen. Just talked to her. If you don't ever ask, you won't never receive. You just if you'll just really step out, you might get an autographed pen. Never dreamed in all of my life. That's property of me. That's mine. My salvation is mine. Yeah. There ain't it's yet to be seen what God can do. Stand if you will. As Butch and him sings. <laughs> 